Welcome to the world of witchcraft, to the world of magic. According to the scholars, it means communicating with unseen forces and putting them to work. Radio Free Satan presents Confessions of a Wicked Witch with our own Magistrate Egrain. Welcome to Confessions of a Wicked Witch. My name is Magistrate Egrain and I'm on Radio Free Satan. And we are continuing our year of sin. And of course, there was no way it couldn't happen. I am late. As usual. However, I can think of no better day, at least for me, than today, than to discuss gluttony, which is, of course, one of the seven deadly sins, I believe, reserved for the third circle of hell, if we listen to our friend Dante, and uh, the satanic sin of lack of aesthetics. Now, it would be simplistic, reductionist, and just plain mean to imply that gluttony leads to a lack of aesthetics. It's it's just not true. Um, There are plenty of people who find larger other people sexually and otherwise attractive. Beauty is, in fact, in the eye of the beholder, despite some rather stringent rules that seem to have maintained throughout our human history about what we find to be attractive. But... There is no doubt, at least for women who were raised in my generation, and I'm guessing before and after, nothing can make you feel less attractive than some extra pounds. It just happened that way. Again, I'm sure there are 100,000 exceptions that prove the rule. I'm not one of them. Um, As an example, uh, there is a certain wicked witch of the year who has a birthday celebration coming up later in August, and I'll be seeing quite a few old friends, and it's summer, and we plan to do some um, outdoorsy type stuff, which means less clothing rather than more, you know, don't want to be all hot and sticky because you're outside playing around. So naturally, for the last four weeks, I've been in starvation mode, because unlike normal people, I can't diet. I either starve or I binge. It's one or the other. Yeah, call it a eating disorder if you like. I call it me. Anyway, and to maintain the aesthetics that I want to have in, what, three short weeks, God damn it, um, I've been trying to take off a few pounds. Well, that was all well and good until we went to the movies. It all started... <laughs> as so many scary stories do, in a darkened theater with nachos. Went straight to hell from there. Absolutely. Nachos weren't enough. Then we had a pretzel and a Coke, and I don't generally drink soda. And before I knew it, afterwards, there was a there was a Philly steak involved in, in, in buffalo shrimp. And I actually left the restaurant saying, I'm never eating again. It hurt. I was in pain. I don't think I was home five minutes before I broke into the sugar crisp. 
and 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 it just it never stopped. I I pulled a fourteen hour absolute gluttonous bender. If it wasn't nailed down, I was eating it. I baked a quiche. I ate two day old cupcakes. I oh God, oh God. So at about five o'clock this morning. As I was contemplating if I was going to play hooky and run over to the water park all day, bathing suit alert, or go to my happy little recording spot and do what I should have done about four weeks ago and recorded this podcast, my stomach answered me. (laughs) There's something distinctly lacking in aesthetics when you're wearing a fucking moo-moo because you're Gut just can't take the pressure of a pair of pants or a skirt. Okay, that's it. It's yeah, it's that bad. So I was trying to think of what I could say bad about gluttony, you know, because Dr. LeVay was very clear gluttony was one of the things that brings us all kinds of mortal joy. And he's not wrong. I mean, while I was eating this shit, I was happy as a clam. Um, but we all know. And if you don't know, you're just an ignorant fuck who's never going to know. That regular overeating can cause all kinds of health problems, depending on what it is you're eating. Weight problems, which lend to aesthetics and other, just the freedom of movement one requires. And as you get older, your metabolism goes to shit. And I have not found the spell, curse, hex, or magical deployment required to prevent that. Would that I could so would that I could. Um, so when I woke up at five o'clock in the morning wanting to die because it felt like a herd of elephant were sleeping on my tummy, I realized this was a sign from my, <laughs> my subconscious that it was definitely time to do this show. However, <laughs> I'm finding I have very little bad to say about gluttony other than what everybody already knows. You know, I'm also having a hard time saying anything good about gluttony other than what everybody knows, which leads me to believe that whoever thought up the seven deadlies was not the deepest puddle in the parking lot. You know what I mean? I mean, it strikes me as relatively simple. You know, gluttony is a joy. It's a wonder. You'll talk about it forever. Do you remember that meal we had? Do you remember that? And the act of breaking bread, nothing is more bonding. I mean, we know that from the act of communion, in fact. Sharing meals, sharing good times over food has been a bonding experience for every primate since there were primates. This is who we are. This is how we get to know each other. We break bread, we talk, we learn the behaviors of other people. Food is an amazing thing. Now, before I get too far, I had asked on Facebook a bunch of my friends, what was their go-to, absolutely no holds barred, gluttony food? And You know, we got the usuals you would expect. We had lots of chocolate and cheesecake and, um, you know, sweets of all kinds. Pasta was huge. Um, I'm seeing a trend here. Obviously, the addictive quality of carbohydrate is not limited to me. Um, French fries, salt, sweets. My daughter, (laughs) 
who many of you know from this podcast, my daughter, Satanya, had the fucking audacity to name two things that I absolutely despise as her go-to gluttony foods. And I wonder if that's some sort of, you know, culinary rebellion. Um, She said she liked movie theater popcorn. Movie theater popcorn. Are you hearing that? That shit is horrible. It's not that the popcorn's bad. The popcorn's fine. It's the oil that they apparently tint with yellow dye and salt and put it on the popcorn. It is not butter. Now, (laughs) in those rare movie theaters where they make homemade popcorn and actually melt real butter, oh my God, few things are better. But that oily shit they pour on there, hence the nachos that launched me on my quick (laughs) and dangerous road to hell with my diet. Um, But she also said Brussels sprouts, which I warned my mother when I was seven, if I put one in my mouth, I was going to barf at the table. And she thought I was being melodramatic. And well, she never made that mistake again. Gluttony is a way to say you've gone too far. But I believe in its original intent as one of the seven deadly sins was yet another way to cut us off from our primal nature. Our nature tells us to enjoy. And the traditional response from the Catholic Church and then filtering into the Protestant churches has been, you don't have a right to enjoy. I have put all these things in front of you. And yet, says God, if you overdo it, you're a glutton, you're committing a sin, you're going to the third layer of hell. To which I can only say, fuck you, God, you know, just fuck you right in the eye. I have no interest in depriving myself of the joys and bounties of this world. Not now, not ever. So I don't have a lot more to say on gluttony. Um, If you're not stealing somebody else's plate, and, you know, you're not killing yourself and thereby hurting some other folks. Fuck it, man. Just fuck it. Enjoy it. This is a wicked witch telling you that on your birthday, there are no calories, that chocolate is a sacrament, that carbohydrates are every inch as addictive as crystal meth or heroin, and that we weigh in more ways than one. Puns certainly not intended because I despise puns, but that we weigh the value of getting into those jeans or looking hot in that dress against the value of satisfaction and feeling just a little bit naughty. I'm all about the naughty. I'll be right back. This is Magistrate Gray on Confessions of a Wicked Witch on Radio Free Satan. In 1966, Anton LaVey created the Church of Satan, marking the beginning of the Age of Fire and Year One Anno Satanus. In 1969, he published The Satanic Bible, codifying Satanism as a religion, the first time it's been done in human history. In the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, king of hell, 
come forth from the pit, bestow the blessings of hell upon us. For we are your children, and we invoke thee this night. In 2001, I was appointed High Priest of the Church of Satan. In 2007, I published the Satanic Scriptures, further defining and expanding on Satanic philosophy and greater magic ritual. Hail Satan, full of might! Our allegiance is with thee! Cursed are they! The God adorers! And cursed are the worshippers! For the past 50 years, the Church of Satan has stood as the sole organization to define and defend Satanism as a religion. And though pretenders to the infernal throne have come and gone, we have stood the test of time and will into the future. Visit churchofsatan.com for more information and read the Satanic Bible and the Satanic Scriptures. Knowledge is the solution for ignorance. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! This is Warlock Jeff Ivins, the host of the Radio Free Satan show, The Metro. Tune in to The Metro for the hits of the 1980s. Radio Free Satan's weekly time travel of the new wave and other songs that brought a sense of high hair and indulgence to the masses. This is Magistrate Grain on Confessions of a Wicked Witch on Radio Free Satan, and it is the year of sin. And I was just discussing gluttony, and my stomach still hurts, so I'm going to stop now because it's really not helping. The other issue we wanted to talk about was the satanic sin of lack of aesthetics. Now, our beloved high priest, Magus Gilmore, has written rather extensively about how aesthetics are not, strictly speaking, independently judged by the observer. We know this from um, anyone who's taken a basic art history class or even a history class understands that there are certain dimensions, certain uh, geometric contents that when they're placed together seem to have, or at least reflect a uh, satisfaction in what we're seeing. The Greeks were obviously the kings of this, Um, but we're in a different age. And of course, there would be nothing ugly if everyone could identify what is attractive. Um, Not long ago, somebody posted a house. I think it was like a $1,300,000 house online and said, you know, isn't it amazing? It's huge. It's big. And, you know, they can't sell it. And it was, it was huge. And it had lots of marble and lots of chandeliers. And in my estimation, it looked like the old set of the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Um, I don't really do architectural televangelism. And, uh, in, in, and I like my interior design not to look like I'm trying to paste up every dollar bill I ever made. 
I just find it tacky, seriously tacky. Um, in fact, a glitz inside a home where people need to live, I find to be somewhat distracting. That doesn't mean I don't like nice things, ask around. But my idea of nice things are very different. Um, I found a house for a similar price. It was like an old beat-up castle in Riverdale in New York. And it was mystical and it was dark. And you could imagine stories being written that involved people in attics. Now, <laughs> unlike many Satanists, I'm not all, you know, gloom either. Um, just because something's black does not mean it, it attracts me. Um, I like color. I have no problem with color, but I find the real magic in a space or area to be defined in a sort of uh, show me who you are. And I think when we talk about the lack of aesthetics that some people have, it's more about a need to follow a trend or not understanding what looks properly on you or listening to some old school rule about what you can and cannot do, or, and here's one that always pisses me off, just going too fucking far. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you don't want people to look at you or be stared at, then don't put 900 clothespins through your nose. I mean, obviously you want that attention, and that's cool. There is nothing wrong with saying, I want to attract attention. Nothing. Do it. Go for it. Show off who you are. Be crazy. But one of the reasons you're getting that attention is you know it's going to offend or otherwise irk some other motherfucker. That's the way it goes. Don't get pissy when it happens. You did your magic. It's working. Now, don't ruin it all by being a shithead and getting angry because somebody else got angry. Don't do it. Trends are weird. And with social media, a trend comes and goes in 30 seconds flat. So I'm going to give some of my witches some hints that I have um, picked up over my really, really long but feeling like it's getting shorter. Life. Um, I don't sound good, do I? <laughs> I try to only spend real money on items that are either absolutely classic, will never go out of style, can be mixed with other newer pieces to update, etc. In other words, A-line skirts, blazers, pumps, those things that never go out of style, ever, ever, work in multiple situations, i.e. work, home, bed, that's where the heels come in, um, etc. There are things that are worth a great suit, silk, gabardine, whatever. A great suit can be three, four hundred dollars for a woman, but you know what? It's forever. You take care of that and you'll have it till the day you die. Um, on the other hand, if everybody's wearing, you know, halters with a specific uh, logo on it, or let's see, uh, you know what? Very simply, go look at the 1980s. I'm guessing that most people would never wear, unless they were going to, say, a crazy party or something, anything that they bought in the 1980s. Okay, so 
trends, buy cheap, prepare to throw away. <laughs> Classics forever. Very simple. Don't waste your money. Now, there will always be exceptions. There will always be that dress that you just have to have. There will always be of those earrings, whatever. There will always be something that so affects you on a primitive level that I have to have that level that these rules don't mean shit. And I'm not saying deprive yourself. I go for shopping gluttony, all about it. But consider the question, will you actually wear it? I just, um, <laughs> and these are not rules that I always follow. The other day, because they were on sale, I bought a pair of purple latex go-go boots with three-inch heels. Now they're beautiful, and they fit pretty well, and they look good with a lot of things. But I live in Florida. It is summer, and I don't get a lot of, you know, opportunity to wear purple latex go-go boots with three-inch heels. Um, now, if they had been full price, I probably wouldn't have bought them. Okay, but because they were on sale and I can be as big a tool as anyone, I bought them. So what do I have to say on the satanic nature of this? I want, I have. Lack of aesthetics means that I don't understand when, where, how. When I put these things on, they are going to portray me. I want to portray me in whatever way works. So obviously in a social situation where I'm surrounded by nothing but friends, I'm assuming my friends will think, God damn, those are some cool boots. If I wear them to a job interview in Florida, what I'm going to get is hooker. <laughs> it's probably not what I'm shooting for. Your lack of aesthetics is directly in line with the purpose for which you are pursuing. So, what might not look right at a funeral is going to look goddamn great in a club. These are the questions we ask ourselves when we're preparing our lesser magic abilities day after day after day after day. Dr. LeVay wasn't saying you should be a cookie cutter. In fact, I believe he coined, and I'm totally paraphrasing, that if you're going to be ugly, be the ugliest thing in the world. Know yourself. Create a self that projects the image you want people to have. Let them answer their own questions with the, their eyes after looking at you. To deny that is to deny a part of yourself. My beloved Magister Jim has the most atrocious taste I've ever seen in my fucking life. People always assume and say, ooh, where did you get that for him? To which I always reply, I had no part in that abortion. He wears these god-awful jackets. Whether it is the fabric or it is the actual print, they are hideous. The one we call jungle vomit, just because it looks like a leopard ate everything and then threw it up. These are horrible, horrible pieces of clothing until they go on his body. What they do or what he does to them, I don't know. It's a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Um... It totally changes what was an ugly piece of fabric on a hanger that I wouldn't like use to wrap up my dog taking it to the vet becomes a statement, a part of him. He carries it. Things don't have to match things. I just, and I've stopped telling him what to wear because I'm wrong. 
I'm completely wrong. I know me. He knows him. Get to know yourself. Use your magical eye. A little thing we call the brain for those who are, you know, a little more airy-fairy than my satanic padres and compadres. Use your eye. What is it you want to project? You know what he projects to me when he wears that stuff? The big pointy boots and the age-inappropriate jeans and these god-awful ugly-ass jackets. It reports to me that that man is fearless, that there is nothing he won't step up to, that he knows himself and he has no shame and he doesn't give a shit and a sexier fucking story than that I can't find. I'm impressed by him. And on a good night, I can still be impressed by me. Wear what impresses you. Be the vision you want to be. Don't be stupid. Nobody's saying you should get arrested. Nobody's saying you should lose your job. Do what's best for you. But on those wonderful rare occasions, when you're free to be completely yourself, don't deny yourself. Same with the gluttony thing. We are not about denial. We are not about restriction. In those areas, those few and far between places, where neither the law nor rational self-interest interfere. Find the freedom to be yourself. You'll never lack aesthetics if you do that. I'll be right back. This is Magistrate Green on Radio Free Satan, Confessions of a Wicked Witch. Okay, Hello Blue promo, take one. So I just read this and that's it. Yep, that's it. Nice and easy and go. For the finest in surf, garage, and ska, tune into Hello Blue or I'll gut you like a fish. <laughs> Dagon, just keep to the script, okay? Okay, all right. Okay, take two. For the finest in surf, garage, and ska, tune into Hello Blue or a plague of toads will descend on your village. <laughs> Dagon. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. All right, take three. For the finest in surf, garage, and ska, tune into Hellablue on Radio Free Satan. Finally. I hate it. <laughs> this is Citizen Matt. Join me and Dagon for the finest in surf, garage, and ska. It's Hellablue on Radio Free Satan. podcast you are listening to is brought to you through Radio Free Satan. To get the new episodes of this show downloaded automatically to your PC or mobile device, you can subscribe to this podcast and your other Radio Free Satan shows too, by using iTunes or Stitcher or other subscription means. To find out how, go to RadioFreeSatan.com and visit the individual page for this program, where you'll find the subscription links for iTunes, Stitcher, and more under Subscribe. You can also rate and review the program on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for your support of Radio Free Satan, and now back to the show. Welcome back. This is Magistrate Grain on Confessions of a Wicked Witch on Radio Free Satan. I have discussed with you, in our year of sin, gluttony, which is one of the seven deadly sins, and the lack of aesthetics, which is one of the satanic sins. And now I'm going to talk to you about secularism. Yes, I know. 
It's a bit of a swerve, isn't it? But you know what? We can only talk about cheesecake feeling fat and bad boots for so long. I recently became rather involved with some atheist and free thought uh, communities. Um, apparently, not listening to Magistra Peggy Nadramia or any number of other people who pointed out that atheists can be as big a cunts as anybody else, I waded in and, of course, got shot down in flames. Okay, so here's the thing. Atheists are supposed to be secularists, meaning, of course, that there should be a nice big fat wall of separation between church and state, at least in the American milieu. That's written in our Constitution, not the wall of separation, although it's referred to. Um, And instead, what do I find? These same people who would fight rightfully to eradicate all mentions of God in public places to, you know, prevent various other religions from uh, utilizing tax scams. These people who are secularists, they run into the fake and disgusting TST. That's another satanic organization or claiming to be satanic organization. What they are is a Christian organization using satanic imagery to get attention so that they can further violate the Constitution of the United States of America. Yeah, them. Um, Dougie and co. And if I sound angry, it's because I am. Not because they call their shit Satanism, although that does make me upset. What makes me really upset is yet another organization trying to fuck with the Constitution of the United States of America to further, to further blurn the line of separation. And what's the worst part of all? These atheists and secularists are eating this shit up with a spoon. They are shoveling it. They're like, and it's all on this really bogus present. Okay, so I say, you're a secularist, therefore, you should want no mentions of God in public places, government, anything that's tax-sponsored should be exempt. And yet, for some reason, when these clowns take, uh, these clowns being TST, Dougie, and company, when they decide they're going to violate the wall of separation by taking a tax exemption, ding, done, or by trying to sue to put religious monuments on public land, ding, done. Or when they try to get quote-unquote voluntary religious clubs of Satanism in schools just like Christians have, ding, they try to. When they do all that, the secularists and the atheists are clapping their little hands. Oh, look, we're going to show them. What the fuck is that? What the hell kind of hypocrisy is that? Please explain to me. So I worked at it and it didn't take much work because 35 fucking years ago, I tried the same thing. Here was the thought that these morons think is somehow new. If the Christian mainstream is forced to or made to allow Satanists or I can't even call them Satanists because they're not. But even if they will call them Satanists for shits and giggles allows Satanists the same rights that they enjoy, they will somehow see the air of their ways or the nature of their bigotry, either one, and they will then stop inflicting their religious judgments to further erode the wall of separation. Right. Kind of like sitting next to somebody who is, you know, 
doing something wrong. When you say, I'm going to do something wrong too, they suddenly miraculously stop. What? You think Christians are going to feel like, oh, gee, yeah, I've got one of these. They should have one of these too. Is that the nature of the Christian beast that you know? Sure as fuck isn't the nature of the one I know. And you know what? I get it from the Christians and I get it from Jews and I get it from Islamics and I even get it from new agey, namby-pamby, Wiccan bullshit. I don't get secularists and atheists promoting, yes, that's right, promoting a pseudo-satanic organization so that they can do exactly what you're supposed to be against. Could somebody, somebody please elucidate? Well, that's not what they're really, actually, this guy argued, well, I've been in the free thought community for 25 years and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, So you've just given up your ideals today. Because somebody wore a pair of horns and said, we'll do the heavy lifting and go to court with this. In other words, you're a whore. Fuck your principles. They don't apply. Well, sorry. Secularists and atheists, I will point out when you are right, and I will point out when you are wrong. And in this particular case, you are so wrong. You are counting on a group that wants nothing but publicity to get something done that can't get done by them in the hopes that in the future it'll make it better for everyone. Well, good fucking luck with that. Might I suggest you pick up any book on history and religion ever and find out when that's happened? Please do. You are giving up your principles. You are sacrificing everything you stand for by supporting a group that is against everything you stand for. It doesn't matter which god, devil, demon, angel bullshit somebody says should be on a statue. It doesn't matter whose magic words or commandments are scrolled. It doesn't matter what brand's prayer is said at the invocation. None of it is what is right. Stand the fuck up. And say no. And when they turn around, and they will, trust me, and say to you, see, you're just as bigoted as the Christians. Understand that you are being manipulated by some really clever fuckers. Look, I don't like Dougie and co. And I certainly don't believe they're Satanists. And I certainly, after what they're attempting, don't believe they're loyal Americans. They are not. They are shit. But... I'm not going to go so far as to say they're stupid, because what have they done? They've wrapped you little fuckers around their finger. They have got exactly what they want. They've got the Christians freaking out. They've got the intellectuals opening their eyes and saying, oh, gee, what is this other than stolen? And they've got you guys thinking, look, somebody's doing battle for us, when in fact they're doing battle against you. Yes, don't be stupid. You're too smart for this. Always remember one thing. Seeing as they changed the fundamental nature of what they believe, i.e. it is not satanic Bible inspired. Um, Seeing as there was never a satanic group prior to the Church of Satan who self-identified, we pretty much got a lock on that. So yeah, I am saying they're Sataning wrong, but think of why. Forget that I don't like them. Forget all that. 
ask yourself this rather pertinent question. If Satanism has been defined, and there is a Satanic Bible and a Church of Satan, and you were going to change a lot of that, you were going to change a lot of that, including a rather strict prohibition about confusing religion and politics in order to support that separation of church and state that supposedly the atheists are all into, why would you call it Satanism? You're starting a new religion. You've got totally new, right? You've abandoned most of the principles of what's already established as such. You are embracing certain socio-religious, political uh, concepts that are familiar with Christianity and other major world religions. So why would you call it Satanism? You're starting something new. It's powerful. It's amazing. You're getting numbers. Why would you do And the answer is simple. There's only one reason. They never would have gotten the attention if they were the Church of Joe Blow or the atheistic with a sense of style church or any other name in the world. They knew precisely what they were doing. If we don't use the name Satanism and all we do is try to get the same rights, equal time with Christianity, no one will pay attention to us. So let's take the name of something already in existence, something already controversial, something with a lineage, something with a body of work, something with a bunch of people who have already worked for 50 plus years. Let's take that name. And if you don't see that that's straight up manipulative thievery, not to mention going against everything you're supposed to be for, well, my message to you, secularists and atheists, you have Exactly the same problem with hypocrisy that the Christians have. Exactly. I'm sorry. I want to help you. But I won't interject my religion into jack shit when it comes to politics. Okay. Why are you letting them? Why are you allowing yourself to be manipulated like that? It's almost sad if it wasn't so anger-making. So that's my political bitch for the day. Dear Magistra Nadramia, this is Magistra Egrain saying, I'm a doofus. You were right. I was wrong. Bye-bye. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this brief but catch-up <laughs> podcast from Confessions of a Wicked Witch. I am Magistra Egrain, and this is Radio Free Satan. Hail Satan. But that's enough for now of modern witches who ride to sabbats in automobiles instead of astride the traditional broomstick. Suffice it to know that magic is real, everywhere, unseen, unfathomable. You have been listening to Confessions of a Wicked Witch with Magistrate Grain on Radio Free Satan. You can write to her at wickedwitch at radiofreesatan.com. Also follow Magistrate Egrain on Facebook at facebook.com slash egraingy and at radiofreesatan.com.